Ahoy, welcome along. It's a brand new episode of Baffled, your favourite fact podcast. My name's Dan, three for you this week. Varying quality, I'd say, but they're going to be delivered with some style, let me tell you. We'll talk about a secret airline, also an Argentinian plot to kidnap the Beatles, and something strange about sharks having sex, starting big. Connor, what you got? Talking about weird places to live. That's the best way to explain this one. We're also talking about if a tree gets sick, what do you do? What do you do if a tree gets ill? And movie theatres. And Mark, what do you got for us? So this week, why we've all been underachieving in lockdown, be pathetic to survive, and babies with their food. Good going from Mark there, because I would imagine he spent a lot of time trying to think of tree illness puns. Uh, so stick around for those. They're coming up. It's a brand new episode of Baffle. 
and you go in there and you get the same people in there and it's just like an old school good pub where you get your KP nuts and you get a good pint. I, I like that. I like that a yeah. lot. Walk you in, get your Amstel like, top. Get your Amstel yeah. top, my son. You know it. You're always good for a, a dartboard and a pool table. Uh, there was one round the corner uh, and like I was terrified to go in forever. And then I did one day. I can't remember why. I think I was lost. No, you know, it was in, I had. I was so bored. I was like, fine, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna wear my hardest grin, grimace, make my fist look, make my face look like a fist. And I went in, and they were bloody lovely. There you go. A motto, a story for the ages. They beat me at darts and took all my money at pool. What? And I had to, I had to buy everyone Fosters. There you go. The best bit for me was um, with my one, my local council estate pub, which I love. Is you go in there and behind the pub where he pours the beers and everything behind sorry the, the bar area there's just a great big board with passport photos on it and above it it says if you are one of these people you are not welcome and it's every single person he's barred over the last like 15 years these little passport photos strong it's like you walk in you're like oh yeah I remember that time that I smashed somebody around the face and got barred from this pub probably best not to go in here there there I am on that board I can't believe those things actually exist like you see those type of things in, in TV shows but like landlords actually have those photo fit things i mean it's fine until you literally just change your look as soon as you get a new haircut right yeah like undercover put put some glasses on grow a beard new haircut absolutely fine i You're reckon in there they can spot you yeah I, 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 okay i might have to dye my hair that might have to change the reason they the reason they could uh spot mark is because they, they'd be at the bar pouring beers and they'd be like Mate, I recognise this dude at the end of the bar making shit jokes and talking about like computers. He yeah, definitely true. got yeah. barred like five years ago. Yeah, I just got, I just got thrown out just for full of... going on too much about admin and uh, boring facts about roads. They were like, "No, mate, get, reckon, get out! None of that in here. Just leave." I reckon not in a not in a not in a uh, any boring fact way, but I reckon you could have a completely hairless face. You could wake up tomorrow with a completely hairless face, not need glasses, and I'd still be able to pick you out pick you out yeah but the issue is is then i wouldn't get into the pub in the first place because i would look 12 so they would just (laughs) still turn me away until i showed my id and they went hang on a second i've seen this idea picture somewhere before so all in all me going uh beardless is not going to help the situation it's got me thinking this talking about the council estate pubs and uh huh it's dangerous getting you thinking dangerous yeah my mind is working do you think there's a communal area in the underground bunkers do you reckon they've turned one of those rooms into like a squash court or something i don't know I had forgotten what the fact was. Uh, yeah. yeah, possibly. I don't know. I mean, it's not like if you're underground, it's not like you've got, oh, yeah, we've got this nice communal gardens or something where we've got like loads of nice sunlight and everything. Absolutely not. It will be like a dark, dingy, like working men's club style room, won't it? Yeah, it's safe to say that based on the photos I saw on Google, my claustrophobia would be through the roof. Yeah, I, I, it if, be... I couldn't do it without windows. I, ne- and yeah, it must I be, need sunlight. The thing is as well, I've never been to Beijing, but it must be hot in Beijing. It must be hot under there. I'm telling you now, they've got to have good circulation and some good air comfitted because I would be sweating. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Sir Isaac Newton formulated the science of motion, unraveled gravity and calculus all while he was in lockdown during the Great Plague of 1665. So relevant, Mark. I love this. Relevance. Bring it on. So uh, we're going back to 1665. Uh, It was was the Great Plague back in the day, Connor. It's the Great Plague. So everyone was put on lockdown, much like we are now. Sir Isaac Newton, science of motion, gravity, calculus. Solved them all, mate. Absolutely. What have we done? Just doubled our body weight by drinking a lot of beer. So... Puts your your life into focus, doesn't it? 
I've got a few issues with it. <laughs> my my main problem. Of course it does. <laughs> my main is, problem just, is it. Is it lo- like, I love it. I love it. So many grunts like, and groans. He was a once in a generation mind, wasn't it? it you know, like yeah. loads of people have done equally amazing things when everyone's not been in lockdown, but we're not told to compare ourselves to these people. Oh, William Shakespeare wrote loads of books when there was nothing going on. What are you doing with your life? You know, also, what was a lockdown back then like? I would argue that we we have been deprived of more. I know, I know you're unaware of this at the time, you know. I would argue that we have been deprived of more stuff than Isaac Newton was back then. We we can do more. We can travel more. We we've got more to do. But also, we've got more he, options if, for us. If he's stuck, at, if he's stuck at home, he's got you know he's not he's not watching TV, is he? He's not got the TV on watching the latest series of Orange Is the New Black on Netflix. He is very much stuck at home with nothing else to do. Of course, he's going to get his teeth into some calculus because that's what he enjoys doing. So, what date was this lockdown, Mark? Sixteen sixty-five. See, this is my fight. This is my thought process here, right? Nineteen sixty-five. Sixteen sixty-five. Sorry, 1665. Yeah, 1665. Yeah. We're going back. Now, with the lockdown that we've got right now in the UK, I don't know about other countries and stuff, but in the UK, there's lots of... um, You get telling off. If you break the lockdown rules, there's laws. You you can be fined or you can this or you can that. In 1665, if you break lockdown rules, you just get shot in the head or do you lose your your go? Like, I don't understand what... I don't know. I, I feel like the Great Plague was so big that you probably just got the plague and died. Yeah. Oh, right. So it's just like if you step outside your house, you just catch the flu and you're dead, yeah? Well, yeah, the plague. What, yeah. what did they do in the inns back in the day without any phones to like scan QR codes? How did they track and trace? I think they, I think they just closed the pubs, mate. I think they were just closed. I don't know. I've got an issue. Track and trace in 1665. Simply, it would just be a. You got the plague, son? No. Nah. Sweet. All right, you want a pint? Yeah, and you that's get, why everyone died. They all fk it yourself in. <laughs> but yeah, I'm calling bull. <laughs> don't have it. <laughs> Right. What the f- how are you, hold on. How are you calling bullshit? I mean, it's true. It happened. Oh, oh, just, no, Wh- just, whether you I'm like calling... it or not is a different matter. It's true. It yeah, happened. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, uh, it just, it reeks. It reeks of annoyance. That one does. Right. Time for my first fact of the show. There is a secret airline. The secret airline takes uh, American uh, Air Force crew into secret places, places like Area 51. You know what this place is called? You know what this airline's called? What? Imagine it's a secret so, airline. Imagine what you'd call it, a top secret airline. Bear in mind, our, one of our favourite names on the show is Nigel. It's a very baffly name. Oh, I've got it. Brian Air. Oh, I like it. That's good. I'm, I'm, a, yeah, I'm a fan yeah. of that. I'll be honest, Connor. Proud of you right I now. Thought- thought you would be after your secret airline quote. I thought, oh, yeah, we'd love a bit of Brian Air. Yeah, Brian Air. I'm, I'm not talking. No, it's it. called Janet. Janet? Yeah, it's called Janet. I oh. understand why. Why? Because it's secret. You know, if you've got the word air in it or like airline at the end of it, it becomes a little bit more common, a bit more known, Googleable. Whereas if you have a Janet and an airline, it really comes together. So if you're trying to keep something secret, a little bit hidden, name it something ridiculous. An airline called Janet. You don't expect it. Also, if, you, if someone overhears you saying, oh, yeah, I'm going for a, for a ride on Janet, no one wants more details. Like, if it's a different name, if it's like a, you know, Destiny, you'd be like, oh, who's Destiny? Tell me about Destiny. Janet, you're like, I don't care. I genuinely right. don't care. <clears throat> Out of everything that Mark has ever put together from a fact, that is one of my favourite things. A ride on Janet. 
Brilliant. There we go. And no one knows why it's called Janet either. There's some I've ideas. just told you. The Janet call sign is said to, uh, to stand for either just another non-existent terminal, joint air network for employee transportation, that's boring, or a combination of two acronyms, JAN, Joint Army Navy, and extraterrestrial. Go. They just, just luckily, they were like, oh, that's lucky. It spells Janet. Isn't that good? So question on this then. So do they like pick up the airline from normal airports and just fly yeah, to they, Area 51? Yeah. So th- they're mainly out of uh, Las Vegas's McCarran Airport. So that's the, that they've got their own private terminal there. That's where they pick up a lot of the, the military workers that they're taking. Not just uh, Area 51. There are... Ooh, 15 different places that they fly to. Places last, across last Utah. Call, last call for Area 51. Please come to Terminal B. Like, oh, what's, yeah, gra- me. what's great here is I'm reading a list of the destinations, and some of them aren't very exciting. Uh, you know, in Palmdale, uh, Palmdale Regional Airport it flies to. It also flies to uh, Camarillo. And then, it, and then it comes up with, it flies to Homey Airport. Nothing more commonly known as Area 51. I think, right, the biggest thing to take from this is I'm not interested unless there's a Garfunkel's at the terminal. If there isn't, it's not for me. No, yeah, that's what I want. I want an overpriced pret and eat, and I want a Weatherspoons that I can just absolutely smash out the old Amstel tops with Mm. at all hours of the day. Uh, You'll you'll know that you can see a Janet plane because it's got a red stripe down it. You know, not exactly very secret, about to say, that's I don't make it blue against is. the sky. I don't know, but it's white with a red, thin red line that runs all the way through it. That's how you know you're looking at a Janet plane. Connor, time for your second fact of the show. This is just f-ing ridiculous. In New Delhi, um, if a tree falls sick, a tree falls sick. That's the biggest bit of nonsense from all of this. Does an ambulance, an ambulance is dispatched to treat them. Uh, this came into effect in 2009 and takes four people to do the job. Is it what just is a tree, tree surgeon with a gimmick? Yeah, well, what is a tree surgeon doing? Yeah, well, this is the thing. It's it's an ambulance that they actually call. Um, this was my biggest question. Tried to find it out, couldn't get to the bottom of it. But if you're calling an ambulance and this person's trained in CPR, I don't. Even, I can't imagine they're trained in like bark and leaves. You know, like I don't. I don't think that comes into CPR testing. I think so. It's is it tree CPR. surgeons that are just? Bit of CPR. Is it just tree surgeons that have robbed an ambulance? Do the tree surgeons use the ambulance? Is it that important? Like, I've never known a tree to get sick and so quickly fall over. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's a case of, oh, quick, someone get to this tree in 20 minutes, otherwise it's going to be no more. Well, can you imagine, like, you're driving back from work, you've had a shit day, you're eight hours deep, you want to get back to your missus and have a nice little bit of dinner or whatever, and you're having to pull over because there's blue lights flashing... And it's because of tree surgeons rush into the local oak tree because a leaf has fallen off and it's a bit brown. It's tricky, isn't it? Like, I don't know, maybe the health service had like a root and branch overhaul. I, I don't I don't understand these things. I don't understand why they would do that. And also you say there that you've never known a tree to get ill so quickly. Have you known a tree to get ill? Would you know what to do? Would you know to spot the signs of a tree and then you can call 999? Would well, you know what though? Like, I'm, 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 it's a good question. I'm putting the tree getting ill into like a tree maybe not being watered enough or... Or maybe not, maybe not sprouting, or you know, aren't these things? Aren't these things? I mean, I've one sec. Do you think people go around watering trees? Oh no, that's a good point. Yeah, good we point. need to like we've we've let many things slip and slide. I can't, mm. I cannot have you think that people go around watering trees. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that silly, silly 
thing from me there, but definitely like made the point of someone rushing to a tree even less understandable when they don't even need water in. So what are we what are we going there for? Like if anyone is listening and you're a tree surgeon who uses an ambulance in New Delhi, please just take a photo of your badge outside the ambulance and get in touch. <laughs> Mark, what what procedure would they perform on this tree that's ill? You can't use tree PR. What else are you going to do? Oh, right. Hold on. Hold on. Ding, ding, ding. That is fantastic. You see, this is what we're here for, Mark. What, tree Take PR? Note. That is great. Tree PR. I used tree PR twice thank and you, you ignored it twice. Thank you. Thank you. I that, came up with that all That's where Dan has got it from, because Dan was the only one who heard me go, pleb- tree PR, and you just ploughed on with your fact as if it wasn't the greatest joke of the podcast. No, let's do some clever editing there to make it seem like I invented that pun. Um, Mark, Mark, you're more than welcome to come up with another another, another tree surgeon. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just very hopeful that this ambulance isn't the same ambulance that takes other people uh, into hospital. I just hope it's another branch. I mean, it's I, a long I've run up there. It's a long pun. run up there to get in a right position for that pun. I'll be honest with you. And I've, um, we've had branch puns twice already. So yeah, it's true. <sighs> hello, 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 mate. Hello, mate. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, can I get some help, please? And then, and then can you leave me alone? I mean, we have already we've already had that one, mate. Stop barking on about it, yeah. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. Did you know that people who use tree puns are more intelligent? No, uh, babies have three times as many taste buds as adults do. So babies are born with thirty thousand taste buds over their tongue, whereas an average adult only has ten thousand. So that explains why a babies are more fussy eaters, and b why they can enjoy the most bland food. So right, hit. So- no, it's like turning around and saying it's like turning around and saying a baby's born smaller than an adult. Well, obviously, you know, like who gives one? Connor, I think I figured it out. Mm. I think I figured out the secret to a good fact and yeah. what Mark is getting wrong. A good fact has two things to it. It has two interesting parts to it. The first part, and then a nice twisting punchline at the end. So let's run through what we've had already. Can I just hang Connor? On. So no, can, please one second. Please one second. Connor says right at the start. There's loads of nuclear bunkers. Like, there's 200 nuclear bunkers under Beijing. Okay, this is interesting. Fine, we can move on with it. But loads of people live there. Great. Uh, there's a secret airline. Okay, that's that's fine. But it's called Janet. Brilliant. You know, th- there are tree surgeons that are dispatched to fix trees in Japan. Okay. But they drive tree ambulances. Fantastic. Yeah. So you've got the double whammy there. What <laughs> you've done, babies have a lot of taste buds. Okay, there's there's two things I want to say to this, Connor. You can't give me shit for this, given that you came that you came. You were like, oh yeah, it's like saying babies are born smaller, right? A, this is the other way around that you lose taste buds as you get older. Surely it would be the other way around. And B, you're the person who brought to the podcast the fact that babies are born without kneecaps. That is a great fact because what I what I done was I delivered it as, oh, did you know that babies are born a lot? Dot dot dot. With no knees, it's about the delivery, Mark. <laughs> I, I do want to say, right, and I think, it, you know, I think I think we've given it hard, uh, a little hard time, perhaps. Like, it is interesting that you lose taste buds as you get older. I think the kneecap fact is better. Like, the idea that babies don't have kneecaps is, is pretty interesting. Like, why, why would you say, why would you, why has evolution made you grow kneecaps late? Yes, Connor. Do you know what? I do like this fact, but I think the bit here that is the bit that is, you know, that gets you was the bit when you started talking about how this means that they eat the shit they eat. Is that what you were saying, Mark? That's exactly what I said. And then Dan started giving me shit. I love that. So, why do babies like shit food? Well, 
because they got the 30,000 taste buds. Blah, 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 blah. I like that. That's fun. I enjoy that. Yeah, maybe it's something in the presentation. But that is interesting. Mm. Like, but just because you have more taste buds, what does that? why does that mean that you can eat loads of disgusting food? So it, means that that so, so it basically means that you have here. a heightened sense of taste. So when they eat something like, you know, mashed up turnip, for example, whereas we're just like, oh, it's just bland turnip. For them, they're getting like a proper taste sensation because they have three times as many taste buds to really get those flavours and magnify each of the individual flavours. Mm, are they? Of it. Are they? But is it not all relative I, to the are. person? Is it not all relative to the person? Like as in... They don't really know any difference, so they haven't got a heightened taste. Well, no, they do, because they have three times as many taste buds, so they absolutely have a heightened taste. Different people mm. will still have different things that they prefer, because, you know, you have individual tastes that you prefer, but a baby, compared to an adult, will get a lot more taste out of everything it eats, which is also why sometimes it just really dislikes certain foods, because it's getting so much more of the flavour than we would as an adult. And if they have, like, mashed up broccoli which probably isn't the best, it just tastes like more to them than what it would to us. Yeah, or they get some of the taste that we just don't get anymore. So they, so, so they, they get actually the enjoyable bits of broccoli, whereas we just get the blandness of it because we don't have as many taste buds now as adults. There could be, there could be. What we could have done here is we could have made a discovery. There could be hidden flavours in foods that only babies know about but can't actually talk about it because they're babies. It's very true, Connor. That is very, very, very <sighs> true. Why, why because you've got more taste buds, does that mean you can taste different aspects of it? Because what he's saying surely, is he's surely, like... Surely, surely a taste bud does a, ta- does, does a job. It tastes what the thing's made out of. Well, yeah, it does, but mm. then it tastes it with more intensity. Mm. So, so, so it's kind of like, imagine a piece of music, right? You're listening to a piece of music and you're listening to it really, really quiet, whereas Connor's listening to it really, really loudly. Connor will be able to tell you more about that music and what's going on in that music than you will be because Connor will be able to hear it more. Yeah, good comparison. Thanks. Very good, very good comparison. I, I, like, I enjoy that. I don't think the reason that we feed babies turnips and stuff is because we think that they've got 3,000 taste buds and it's delectable to them. I, I, I never said that was the reason. I'm saying that's why babies might seem to enjoy it when we're just like, f***ing hell, that's bland. Oh, uh, okay, right, okay. The little twist around there, I understand. So, so, and do they enjoy it? All babies do is cry. Yeah, but, you know, that's just what a baby does. Sometimes without tears, because did you know that babies are born without tear ducts, as we've learned before? I reckon it's a happy accident here. I reckon it's a massive happy accident. I think I think you could give babies anything and they're going to enjoy it more than we do, because as you've said, they've got 3,000 taste buds. Like, surely that means they're going to enjoy pretty much everything more than we do. Uh, we give them, I would imagine we give them boring food because they've got little, little sensitive tummies. Mark? Yes, Connor? How old are you? 29, mate. Did you ever think... At 29 years old, you'd have to be sitting on a podcast with two chumps trying to defend baby's taste buds. Absolutely not. I'll be honest with you. When I thought what my future life would be, this is not it. This is absolutely not the one. Just just paint a picture right now. You've got young Mark, right? In isolation due to COVID, he's a bit stressed out. He's got the ump and he's having to sit here and justify the taste buds of a baby to me and Dan. It just does not get worse. I mean, it it doesn't, especially when, and I stand by this right now, that if Connor had bought this fact or Dan had bought this fact, there would not be as much (laughs) around it. No, wouldn't, no, I I wouldn't. Well, so right, you've answered your own, you've solved your own problem. Because I can tell you what Connor and I are doing. 
We're not bringing this fact to the podcast. I mean, let's just have a look at some of the rest of the facts you bring today, Daniel. Well, this is what I, I'm, I'm aware and I've said I do not have a strong suit. I do not have a strong squad this week. <laughs> you've solved your own problem. Right, my second fact of the show. Fully aware of how it's going to go down after the last fact. That's fine because I'm more open than you, Dan. I don't mind uh, hearing facts and admitting that, you know, they may be good and being open to them rather than just shitting on them because that's what I do. And um, an Argentine... An Argentini- <laughs> do you know what? Mark is living rent-free in his head after that comment. It, it's come to him. <laughs> it's all about delivery, Dan. Come on. Come no on, one mate. does. Come on. Like... It's not a tricky word to say, Argentinian. Come on. All right, come on. Say the word Argentinian. It's not tricky. (laughs) Just get on with your facts. I'm bored of this. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Right. Let's go. Did you know an Argentinian TV station once tried to kidnap the Beatles? They hired a squad of wrestlers to do the job. The problem was they kidnapped a group of imitators, a tribute band called the Fake Beatles. Questions, No way. I will answer anything. Why would you go for a group of... I mean, obviously they did the job, but why would you go for a group of wrestlers? So uh, it all comes down to... I've got the name. It all comes down to an impresario. An impresario by the name of... Ray Mysterio. An impresario. So an impresario by the name of Rudy Duclaus. He spotted what he thought were the Beatles in a club in Miami. He then, I've twisted things, he then realised that they weren't the Beatles. So he hatched a plan to convince everyone that they were the uh, Amer- that they were the legitimate Liverpudlian Beatles. He wanted to bring them to Argentina to put on shows to make loads and loads of money. Uh, two problems. He didn't, I mean, they weren't the real Beatles and he didn't tell them that that's what they were going to do. When he found out they were coming over to Argentina for a show, he needed to make all his money. He hired wrestlers to kidnap them at a at the airport and take them to the American TV sta- take them to the Argentinian TV station, which is causing me a lot of trouble today, uh, to get them to perform. That's how it all happened. So you know, one of these story facts that I enjoy. Hmm. Not go. too what sure we- if I enjoyed it as much as you, but I enjoyed more. I enjoyed more the fact. The bit that I love is the fact that a bunch of wrestlers tried to kidnap the Beatles and ended up with a fake band. Brilliant. Can, can I just ask which bit of that story is not true? Because you did say you were twisting it. So if you could just give us the facts, that'd be great. What bit? Of well, it no, this is true? what. Well, this is no, this is what I said, didn't I? So the, 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 what I've twisted is that the impresario knew that these were the fake Beatles, but he didn't tell anyone else. So the whole of Argentina thought that the Beatles were coming to play for them on a TV station when really it was the fake Beatles and he needed some hitmen. He knew some, he needed some strong men. He knew some wrestlers. So he got them along. He got them to do the dirty work. I mean, it was a hard time for the Beatles, wasn't it? Realistically, you got wrestlers trying to kidnap you. One got shot. The other one, I think, you know, I can't imagine it was fun during the time of the Beatles. What are you talking I, I, about? I, I feel like they, I feel like they had an all right time. I think it would have been very hard, but well, very lovely, but very tough being a Beatle. Imagine, so with the Beatles, they changed the face of everything. Like they changed the face of popular culture, and they did it in ten years. And in that time, they went through so many different like revolutions of who they were. Lovely pun. That it must have been like really tough, like going through that, and everyone else thinking they're your best mate when really you got four. But you know, it would have been lovely having loads of money and being a lovely, sweet old bachelor during the swinging 60s. I mean, imagine that. I'd have taken Mm. all that for that. Come along. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen, listen, bitch. Oh, listen, make, make, make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. Bear, uh, I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both up. <laughs> For the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for music in my life. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. let's go. <laughs> I'm so glad no one can see me right now because I'm doing. I was doing some weird dance moves. <laughs> yeah, nothing then. Yeah. Prefer a deep chat? Connie's got you covered on How Are You, the Wellbeing Podcast. So I just became a lot more productive and happier, mm. and for me, like that's just worth it. The Weekly Roast, Music in My Life, and How Are You. Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast. You can always get in touch with the show. Remember, it's info at baffledpod.com and give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok. Sometimes we do that kind of stuff. Mark, what you got? So over on the Instagram, Chris has got in touch to say, did you know there are 50 states in the US? None include the letter Q. There you go. little factoid for you. Do you uh, know what? Also, I've, I've, I've read that fact a few times, but I've never brought it to the show. So, it was so cheers, Chris. There we go. Thank you to our wonderful listeners. Uh, also, Connor, C-O-N-N-A, has sent us a message. Uh, hi there, loving the pod. I must say I Con- Connor is my favourite, mainly because he has the same name as me, and I'm also known as the slow one of any group that I'm in. Here's a little car fact for you as I'm heavily into cars. In the early days of Lamborghini, when they were making tractors, the owner, uh, Ferruccio Lamborghini, owned a Ferrari and was not completely satisfied with it, so he set out to make his own better supercar. And that is how Lamborghini supercars came about. A bit of a dig at you there, Connor. You deserved it. You had a go at the listeners. Never have a go at the listeners. You had a go at the listeners in the last, in, with the last email. And then Connor says, I like Connor uh, because my name's Connor. And also, I'm also the slow person of the group. Big yeah. old dig at you. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Deserved. A sweet little bit of karma in action there. I love, by the way, Connor, C-O-N-N-A. Yeah, it's cool. It's very, um, I want to say it's a bit more foreign, C-O-N-N-A. I think it's a bit more European. It's just a bit more cool, mate. Yeah. Connor, you up for a swapsy? We can get, we can get Connor. We can I think send it, you Connor. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. It's pronounced slightly different. It's more of a Connor. Yeah. You up for a swap? Both allegedly the slow ones of the group. So. No, I prefer Connor. No, I mean swap on the podcast. Oh, yeah, happily, yeah. Connor can come do a guest spot if he wants. I'll happily have a day off. Because <laughs> you work so hard. Connor, what's your, um, what's your admin? Connor, who's got in touch with you? Oh, no, it was, it was Connor. That was what I was going to say as well, but he must have messaged all of us, or maybe just me and Mark. Did, Dan, did you get a message? No. Oh, no. In fairness, he it didn't message me. He messaged the baffled Instagram page, I should say. Oh. Because they think you're the favourite, because they think you're the slow one. Yeah, you need to need to give you a proper heads up, right? Do you know what? Just remind me one more, maybe for the fourth time, that he mentioned that you know he's the slow one like me. Just remind and, me again. And I am also known as the slow one of any group I'm in. There you go. That's the quote. Jess, <laughs> thank you, Jess. Just you need to say it enough times so you can understand it, Connor. 
That's you can also it. oh we're very salty today, aren't we? It's a very we're a very very salty bag of fish and chips of a show today. Um, it's been the end of a long week. I'll be honest with you. Now. You can always get in touch as well, info at baffledpod.com and give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, not not keen for your rankings of us three, though. We I, like, I don't want to hear... Only because you know you're at the bottom. Don't... Mm, mm, I mean, if you want to get in touch and say that I'm the middle, that's fine. Connor, give us your last fact of this, this show. So I finally have answers for probably everybody in the world right now as to why cinemas are so goddamn expensive when you go and buy hot dogs, nachos, ice cream, fortunes. It is because movie theatres make roughly 85% of their profit off these concession stands. Did you know that ticket venues have to be shared with the movie distributors? And it's quite high the percentage that those cinemas have to pay. Makes sense. Captive audience as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of... I'd figure that out, but I couldn't figure out if, if like, does a film company, does a cinema have to pay to get a movie in and then have to give them a share of the profits, like with pubs that are linked to breweries? You know, if you go to a Green King pub, they have to, they can only buy Green King beer. They have to buy that and they need to give them a share of it. I couldn't figure out if it's something like this, but th- them getting a profit share. But yeah, it may, um, come on, that makes sense. Why? why the the grub is so expensive. I want to get back to the grub so expensive. I don't know whether it's the same for people that listen in Europe or America or whatever, but it is fortunes in the UK, isn't it? Like, if you go to cinema for the two of you, you maybe get yourself a large Coke, popcorn each, and let's say some nachos to share. You're easily looking at over 20 quid for the boat for, for those things. But, but I think more of the point is, because it's the same in, like, if you go to a football stadium or, or, or anything like that, it's more that, that you have no other choice. If you want a large Coke, you have to buy it from them at their cost. If you want a thing of popcorn, you have to buy it from them at their cost. You have no other choice. It's not like, you know, down a high street where you can go, well, I'm not bloody buying milk in here because it's five quid. I'm going to go down the shop where it's £1.10. Like like you've got options rather than... Exactly. You've got options rather than just being stuck with one singular person that you can buy from so therefore you can charge mark, if you want. mark thank mark thank you so much for the for the proper answer to this genuinely you've answered the actual reason behind this and it's good that is what we're looking for the actual answer and it's because of that because you can't go anywhere else so what that what is that daylight robbery i call it daylight uh, robbery uh, we did learn about daylight robbery didn't we the, but the thing is then they're, they're never really out of the way they're not too much out of the way cinemas Cinemas where I grew up, they were always on a place where they were either in town, near shops, or they were on an industrial estate by a pound land. You can go and get, you can sneak it in, and they know that you're taking it in. If you're if you're suddenly so hungry within a two-hour film that you need to go and pay over the odds, then it's your own fault, really. Plan ahead. Connor, did you just say, when you go to the cinema, you get two Cokes, two popcorns, and a nachos to share? Yeah, I go massive at the cinema. I love it. You're only there for like two hours? Oh, it's the best bit, having the snacks and stuff and the drink. I love it. I like absolutely one, love it. Like a snack, yeah. But who needs all of that? Oh, Mate, please don't tell me you're one of these people that brings in, like, you know, a selection of assorted nuts and, like, a f***ing sparkling water. No, I'd usually bring in a beer. A beer? Yeah, you bring in a couple of beers. Yeah. Kind of beers to the cinema, yeah? When you don't have any snacks to accompany your beers? Well, so I might nip down the pan. Sometimes I do buy a little popcorn, sure. They used to do the little kids' meal deals things of, like, £3 and you got a, a nice little array. Delicious. Problem with taking in a beer, I have a notably tiny bladder, and if I have a beer, I spend more time 
taking a piss than I do watching the film. I cannot yeah. believe that you, you know, you have yourself a banquet when you're in the cinema. Mark, I reckon, I reckon you're more on my side than his. I, I reckon when you go, you are fastidious, you plan ahead. I reckon you take stuff with you. I don't reckon you get sucked yeah. into this. Yeah, no, I do, I, I do take stuff with me. I mean, I don't, I don't mind a popcorn because, I mean, a popcorn, you can't get like, oh, I'm taking some butterscotch. No, absolutely not. None of this butterkiss stuff. It's all about the proper cinema popcorn. So that I can get on board with. But yeah, I'm not buying drinks there. I'm taking drinks in. It's like, just like save yourself some money. Like you're right, a captive audience, but they just let you take it in because I think they just feel sorry for you. Because I think they kind of look and go, oh, I'm not going to make him pay that because I don't want to pay that. Also, I'd like to stick up for the people that you sit near in a cinema when you're smashing stinking nachos. Mate, they sell the nachos at the cinema. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't mean you have to buy it. Like, what's the person next to you doing trying to watch this film when bloody stinky cheese is wafting up their nose because you can't not eat for two hours? Mate, I'm going to be honest with you, right? I don't give a shit about Gary and Barry that are behind me watching the film. Like, I'm having me nachos with my missus and having a little having a little snog as well, maybe. You know what I mean? You can have a I snog. See, I, I've, yeah. got, I've got more issue with you, chilly breath in the cinema. With me. I've got more issue with you because you're yeah, the person yeah, who it. can't go two hours without having to get up and go for a piss. That annoys me more. <laughs> because if it's someone I'm with, then they miss a bit and they come back and go, oh, what's going on? I'm like, I'm trying to fucking movie. Just leave me alone. Or they're in the row in front and they're getting up and they're going out. Just like, just learn how to be a human and not have to take a piss if inside two hours. So valid point. So the thing I'll say here, this is more biological than, than, than Connor needing to stuff his face with sour cream and guacamole. Right. But I am fully, like I'm in full knowledge of how annoying it can be to other people which is why I plan. I'll have a pee right before the film starts. I sit myself in a, in a very convenient place for me to make sure everyone else, you know, isn't... I'm not disturbing too many people. You're one of these ones, and you? Like, every half an hour, he gets up, and everyone next to you, he's like, here he goes again. He walks along, and he does that same thing that everyone does where they go like that. They go, they go, oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate, do you mind if I... No, I'm always on the edge. I'm always on the edge. But I'll tell you what mind. you need to do. I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to address the bladder issue... And stop relating it to the cinema. Maybe get yourself down to doctors, couple of blood tests. Like something's going on there. About say, can can you just not get through a normal day without needing a wee within two hours of the last one? Well, I drink a lot of water, and and also when I'm in the cinema, I've had a couple of beers, as I've said. Well, maybe uh, that's right. your issue. Maybe also, right. If he right. shouldn't have the nachos, you shouldn't have the beers. If it means right. you've got to get up and go for a wee, it. that's not a biological thing. That's a decision I'm, you've made to have some beers. I am calling. I am. Call- I am calling a truce here. I can't talk about Dan's piss schedule anymore and relate it to the cinema. Can we move on? No, hang on. Um, stick around. We've got another 40 minutes worth of cinema nacho chat to get through on the podcast today. So make sure you don't go anywhere. Mark, give us your, give us your last fact. Okay, sloths haven't died out because, frankly, they've evolved to be so pathetic and other animals don't care. I love it. Tell me, I love a sloth. Tell me more. So you'd think because sloths are so slow that they'd be easy prey. But the truth is that they're so unattractive to other predators that they're just ignored. So they smell bad. They're mostly skin and bone with little in the way of nutritional value. They don't eat much and they don't bother other animals. So they're not even seen as threat or competition. So their whole survival strategy is to be so pathetic that other animals just forget that they exist and they can go on with their lives. Yeah, sounds, a bit, sounds a bit like my method of secondary school, really. Sounds a bit like my tactic at secondary school. Uh, also brilliant for sloths is they like only go to the toilet like once a week. Yeah. 
I wish I could channel their energy because they take so long that, you know, they can be eaten when they have to nip down to have a little poo. So they like they hold it for a week. Truly tremendous stuff. I love the sloth. Connor, do you have any sloth questions? I don't have any sloth questions. I just love the fact that sloths are so similar to humans in that sense, you know? Women don't go for the men that stink. But this is the whole species of it, isn't it? It's the whole species, yeah, exactly. They've literally just made themselves... Like, they, they have evolved to be as ugly and stinky and runty as possible to stay alive. Fantastic survival of the fittest because they're literally not the fittest. Yeah, they've basically looked and gone, survival of the fittest. What about... What about, here's an idea, what about if we go for survival of the unfittest? Hmm. What about survival of the munters? What about that? What about we're coming to the end of the podcast and if we can't even talk about sloths anymore, I think we're going to lose the plot. You're right, so he's talking about the sloths for so long compared to how long you went on about bloody nachos. Yeah, I, I, I... Last fact of the show. It was a mystery how a great white shark would reproduce until last year. The first record of a great white shark mating was in September last year. No one ever saw anyone. No one ever saw anything that was going on. And if you think about how much great white shark is in human thought, these terrifying beasts under the ocean, the first time we knew how they made babies was just last year. This is bad for my health, this podcast. Put a little sound in there, whoever's editing this. Fact of the day. Fact of the Absolutely podcast. Absolutely not. <clears throat> this, this is bad for my health, this podcast, because there is nothing in my life, or ever will there be in my life, where my mind can jump from Dan's piss schedule to sharks having sex so quickly, ever. You mean that's not your natural jump that you make? No. Well, you know what's even more terrifying about this? Is a, a chap from New Zealand spent... 23 years of his life trying to see a great white shark having sex. That's a fetish so for you, isn't it? If, if people complain about what you're looking at on the internet, you know. He's now in prison. This. There was a headline at the sun. Man walks around for ages with a boner looking at sharks. So, Good he- yeah. <laughs> headline. Couldn't come up with anything zippy or punny there. Man walks around. <laughs> Man, headline, front page of the sun. Mum, have you seen the front page of the sun? You'll never believe it. What are they doing? Is it is it is it Brexit again? Is it Meghan Markle? No, you'll never you'll never you'll never believe it. Man walks around with a boner trying to look for shark sex. Oh, they they fit that on one page. Yes, they have. If ever if ever there is a title of an episode, it's right there. Yeah, that would do well in the charts, wouldn't it? What's this podcast yeah. about? A man walking around with a boner. Yeah, let's check out this uh, baffled. Seem to be in the top hundred of the UK charts. Latest episode: Man walks around with a boner looking at sharks. Yeah, I'll give this a listen. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a pun. I mean, I mean it's, like more of a, it's, it's more of a whale-based one, but something like, is that a harpoon or are you just pleased to see me? I, I, right, we need to have some sort of therapy in this <laughs> podcast where someone comes in and because it's... I think, I think plots are being lost. I think that's the biggest thing we can take from this. Plots are officially being lost. I mean, Dan has been broadcasting for a year next to that f***ing clothes dryer. You've got Mark <laughs> stuck, in, stuck in this room that nobody knows about for God knows how long. I've got a spinny wheel behind me. Like, we're falling apart. Hey, I know I ragged on you earlier, Mark. I'm sorry for that. Connor, where does that joke rank? On Factor Hippo? Or is that a harpoon in your pocket? Or are you just pleased to see me? Well, I didn't get it, so I don't know. Great. Right. Uh, If you've made it to this point, then, my word, I've got full, you know, 
full, full props to you. What valour you have shown. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Baffled. What have we learned? If you look up in the sky and you see a strange plane with a red stripe, you might be taking a ride on Janet. Also, many people, I think many people challenged sloths just to get through school and eating nachos in a cinema is a horrendously disgraceful act. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care. Don't do it. We'll see you next week. Say goodbye, Connor. And if you ever get a boner over a shark, call the doctors or something, because that's not okay. Yeah, just make sure it's not a, yeah. a, a harpoon yeah. in your pocket or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See ya. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Uh, and I will see you on Friday for a brand new episode of Connor Explains. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. bye, 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 bye. bye.